Portage Health Foundation is proud to introduce you to Superior Educator Bob Hilton from the CCISD. Bob has a gift for diffusing escalating emotions and bringing calm to crisis situations. His positive energy and calm presence are so beneficial for the students he works with. Bob has a wealth of knowledge to share with students and is always willing to help them add a little music to their world. If you know an amazing educator like Bob, go to superioreducators.org and nominate them to be recognized as the next Superior Educator. Welcome back to segment two of Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Again, our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Learn more about them at phfgive.org. The snow is melting. We can start to see the roofs on houses and even a little bit of yard in some neighborhoods in the Copper Country. That means that the real estate season is going to be kicking in in full gear before too long. And generally in the spring, I try to do a program that takes a look at where we are with real estate in the copper country, home values, home prices, what sellers should be knowing about right now, what buyers should be knowing about right now. And I welcome into the program Karen Lottie, who is a realtor with Remax Douglas and Associates and has been working in this market for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. I don't, do we, years uh-huh. how, many, how many years? Do about we, 20 years. About 20 years. Mm-hmm. So certainly one of our veteran agents. And mm-hmm. uh, you've watched this market go up and down and sideways for a long time now. Welcome to the program, Karen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Last year, we looked at a situation where inventory was very, very tight, homes sold very, very quickly, interest rates were very, very low. Now I'm perceiving we have tight inventory, um, but we have higher interest rates. Higher interest rates, yes. Have the interest rates slowed anything down? I can't say that they have, really. Uh, We talk about them and people are aware of them, but we can't really say that it's made a difference in the market. Well, and let's face it, we're at what, six, six and a half percent? It's still low comparatively to we're dealing from, you know, many years ago. Those those Mm -hmm. of us of a certain age can remember, and I grew up in the building business downstate, I can remember 1980 when home mortgage rates hit 19%. Exactly, yes. And when I was selling real estate downstate, and as a matter of disclosure, I'll mention that I was an associate broker with a REMAX office, as a matter of fact, downstate, Mm -hmm. and also was an instructor for the Michigan Real Estate Academy. For a number of years, so I carry some knowledge into this, although it's getting a little dated mm-hmm. now. But uh, we were kind of drifting down past from seven percent down to six percent, down to five percent, and we thought that those were historically low rates at that point. None of us ever dreamed we would see rates down in the two percent range like we've seen over the past decade. Right. So the rates that we're looking at now, while they're higher than they've been, they're not high. Right. They're not discouraging to people. And of course, people are more concerned with their monthly payment and what's affordable for them. So it's always a matter of looking in the right price range uh, and adjusting that accordingly. And then it can work. Buyers are still anxious to buy. So they we need have, the home. Yeah, we have very few homes available for them to buy at this point, particularly in kind of entry level price ranges. Am I seeing a shortage of say, homes up to, say, one hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty-five thousand, especially? Uh, we do have a fair amount of homes. Uh, typically, under two hundred thousand would be a strong market for us. So, um, anything over a hundred, between one hundred and two hundred thousand, perhaps a little bit more limited, but that is the popular range that we really need to be in. So, we're looking forward to more homes coming on the market. It is a seller's market, simply because we do have the buyers, and there are multiple buyers uh, in multiple offers in most cases. So, it's it's a very strong time for sellers particularly. So Karen Lottie, let's talk then about how we approach this from both sides of things. If I'm looking to sell my home right now, knowing that there are buyers out there, what should I be prepared for? 
Well, the uh, realtor that you choose to work with is going to give you a very good recommendation about market value. So they're going to tell you what's realistic as far as your expectation for a selling price. And that's the advice that you need to follow. So be prepared for the advice that's being given to you by your professional realtor. What should you do to your home to maximize the value? We always like to say just to make things look neat and tidy and fresh. Uh, We don't like to express anything about remodeling your home or anything like that, but just so that you have a welcoming feeling when someone walks into your home and they immediately have a very positive vibe. I I used to talk with people about neutralizing sometimes with paints, that kind of thing. If you have an odd color or something like that, is that worth doing? Well, it can be. It depends if you have the really, really bright blue or orange or or something like that that your teenage son has wanted for his bedroom color. Maybe something like that could be uh, changed. But it's not a a, a point of concern as far as being able to sell the home. But more or less the, uh, the condition of the home, the tidiness and the neatness and the appeal, generally speaking. Yeah, and the bigger repairs even though people talk about you know remodeling a bathroom or remodeling a kitchen, adding value to a home, it, you're not going to get that back if no, you do it right before you sell. That's right. The percentage of return on that sort of investment is really not going to uh, be realized as much as you think. The kitchen and the bathroom are very, very important. If you've done remodeling already, that's great, but it's not something you want to enter into a major expense. I can't tell you how many times I would talk with sellers and uh, they'd say, well, we probably ought to replace this carpet before we sell it. Mm-hmm. So it's torn or ripped or something. Like that. And then they'd say, I wish we had done this six or seven years ago so we could have enjoyed it for a while. That's precisely, yes. The uh, thing that is very common to do in a case like that is to maybe offer a concession of value, of dollar value, for the buyer then yeah. to replace it in their own taste because you have no way of knowing what's going to be appealing to someone else. Well, and one thing I discovered, and maybe you have as well, buyers in many cases tend to be spending every penny they have to get into the home. They're making a down payment, they're covering some costs, things of that nature. They may not have another five or $6,000 to do the home over the way they want. Right, and perhaps that comes with time. Yeah, so if you're a, a seller at this point, you've priced the home, you've put it on the market, and by golly, it's a nice house, and the good agents here in the area have all shown it to the buyers that they have waiting, and uh, you get five or six showings the first couple of days, and a couple of offers come in. How do you handle multiple offers? Well, they're scrutinized very carefully, and it's always the seller's uh, decision as to what they are accepting. Uh, It can be price. We do some acceleration conditions and clauses that uh, give a, a buyer a better perspective and a better position. Uh, for consideration. And then there are issues that uh, sometimes if an inspection is not required, that is a strong point and can be favorable for a buyer, even though we don't like to recommend that. But then there's also the possibility of a cash offer. Sometimes that holds more appeal. Uh, So it's just a matter of what the seller decides works for them. So it's really, really hard to say that everything is definite. There's there's always that uh, the seller is the final determination. Well, and that's certainly the case because Mm -hmm. um, I was involved in a, a home sale situation recently. Actually, it was an adjacent property to the home sale situation where a neighbor complained that they weren't given a chance 
to make an offer on the property. The family that was involved had already basically agreed many years earlier to sell the property to another neighbor. A fair price was agreed at, and this other neighbor was very, very upset. But if you're the seller of the property, you can do what you want. Absolutely. You're in total control. It is your decision only. Absolutely. So that's a little bit of a view as to the the seller coming into it. Buyers. This is the real challenge at this point. You've said we have more buyers than we have available listings at this point. If I'm a home buyer, how do I approach it? Well, the most important thing is to be prepared with your financial prequalification. For example, if a buyer is going to obtain a mortgage, they should see their lender early on, determine that they can get a prequalification for a loan, and they'll establish then very clearly what price range they should be searching in. So that's very, very important, the most important thing for them to do. Now, when I was doing this, and it's been some time, so the wording may have changed, there was a difference between a prequalification and a pre-approval. Right. The pre-approval comes later in the process. Uh, Pre-qualification is the term that we should use at the onset of the process. When we're into the uh, purchase uh, process, then perhaps about um, 40 days before closing, we'll have then what is called the pre-approval. That's when the bank goes in and scrutinizes everything one more time, looks at the credit score again, looks at if there's been any change in in their conditions uh, for qualification. And so that then would be the pre-qualification or pre-approval. Pre-approval at this point. Preliminary is the pre-qualification. And these are things that buyers, as you mentioned, look at because if I get an offer for $150,000 for someone who I have no idea what their qualification is and I get another one for $148,000 and there is the bank or the credit union stamp of approval on it that says this thing's ready to close as soon as we put the deal together. Um, I'm liable to take the low, the lower mm, it offer. Does, it does add strength. There's no question about it. So to be prepared is very important. And that also keeps a buyer in searching in the right price range. You don't want to extend yourself. We're hearing some things now about the suggestions that are being made about credit ratings and scores and how loans will be approved. Uh, we want to be very careful not to get back into the 2008 situation again, where people were encouraged to buy homes and pay mortgage payments that they couldn't afford. So yeah. we really want to avoid that. Yeah, I mean, I watched this through the late 90s and into the early 2000s when I was in the business. And you you, know, you can remember, and I can remember, when you needed 20% down to buy a house unless you mm-hmm. were doing FHA. And all of a sudden, it was 10% down. And then it was 5% down. And then it was 3% down. And then it was, well, we're going to finance everything. And we're even going to finance in some of the closing costs. Right. So you're not going to have to pay anything out of, right. out of your pocket. It's not uncommon for people to be able to borrow. Technically, that's what they're doing, is borrowing their closing costs. But then you look at what you're going to pay for that house, ultimately. So to be in a strong financial position is always the best. But there is uh, there are so many loan products that you've alluded to that people can work with their lenders on. So, again, it's important for them to develop that relationship early on with a lender so they can establish which of these programs are going to be most effective for them. Yeah, and I saw clients in several cases get into situations where a couple years in, they had to turn around and sell the house. Correct. And because they had established no equity when they bought the house, they were upside down, underwater, and Mm -hmm. they couldn't sell the house, and uh, they wound up being foreclosed. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's unfortunate. You want to avoid that, you know, at, at all costs. So, and certainly in your, your monthly payment, of course, includes your insurance, your homeowner's insurance, and your property taxes. So that's a benefit too, because those are placed into escrow so that you don't have to worry about where the money is going to come from when the time comes for those premiums and those tax bills to be paid. Have they modified the tax escrow? When I was doing this, and again, this is some years ago, the finance companies could only 
put into the tax escrow the previous year's taxes. That is typically how it's calculated because uh, for the continuation of the process for that first year, that is how the taxes are calculated to be the buyer's responsibility based on the current owner's tax rate. That is not what it will be when they go into the next year. However. Well, and then so that's sometimes <laughs> the escrow is set up, shall we say, somewhat in, inaccurately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there were some people who got really nasty surprises because yes. now we've got people here who own properties since proposal, whatever it was, was passed Mm -hmm. back in the 90s. And their property tax increases have been limited to 3% or the rate of inflation all this time. Mm -hmm. The value of their property has gone up considerably. And that resets, the taxable value resets to the SCV at the time of sale. And all of a sudden, they were getting bills for a couple thousand dollars because their escrow accounts weren't covering it. That's right. The state equalized valuation is what determines what the property taxes will be for a new owner. Uh, But uh, when they take over the taxes from the previous owner for the end of that year in which they purchase, it is, as you said, at a higher rate sometimes because it may not have been a primary home, for example. Yeah. So the tax rate would have been higher. So there are a lot of things to learn about and know about, and that's why you contact a professional realtor so that you explain all of these issues are explained to you so you don't have those surprises yeah and we have a lot of good agents in the copper country i'm very very happy that karen lotti is here with me today but uh, uh, we have a lot of good agents and good brokers uh, that i'm aware of here in the copper country and a good broker will sit down and run all of this through with you as a buyer so that you'll understand what's going on and what uh, obligations uh, that you have so we got our buyers ready. We got our sellers ready. We don't have a whole lot of homes. What do you do? Just sit there and twiddle your thumbs and check the MLS every 10 minutes? Well, we do. Yes, actually. Yeah. Yes, we do uh, check quite often. And uh, people uh, who are interested in the market as well are watching very carefully. A buyer, for example, is watching everything very carefully because there are so many sites that can be observed on a regular basis. So uh, everyone is put on a list of some sort so that they're uh, advised immediately when there's a new home on the market so they can take action. You have to move quickly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. another advantage of working with a good uh, broker, a good uh, realtor, because that realtor will have access to that information information mm, first right. and foremost, can get it to you quickly. And uh, it, this is a situation where a couple of hours, uh, half a day, really can make a difference. Oh, it does. A huge difference because the experience levels that we bring to a process, we've uh, we've done it all, we've seen it all, we've experienced it all. So naturally, we're going to be able to give good advice based on that particular circumstance. Well, and you can help construct an offer especially if you know a little bit about the seller, maybe you've talked to the other agent, you can help construct an offer that is strong in areas that the sellers are looking for and maybe give something back to your buyers in areas that are a little less important to them so that the... It looks good to both sides. Absolutely. The advice we give is very important and it comes from experience. So why are we so short of houses? Well, we've had a lot of people move here and a lot of people also having gone through COVID and the continuing uh, issues that we've experienced um, like it here. They love it here. This is home. This is safe. This is comfortable. So people aren't as anxious and willing to leave. The other thing is they can't be putting their home on the market and leaving unless they have somewhere to go. And that's always can be a problem. You have to have a home to move into. So limited inventory works on both sides of the transaction. And again, this is a great place to live. So 
Have you seen people here. coming here? I mean, yes. they talked over the last few years about you know, remote jobs, people being able to work from anywhere. Correct. Have yes. you seen people coming into this area who are doing remote work in Chicago and places like that? Oh, absolutely, yes. It's very, very common. We've had people move in from all over the country. And again, this is a, it's a beautiful place to live, as, as we all know. And again, because they can work at home now. They bring their job with them, so it works yeah. quite easily for them. Yeah, historically, it strikes me that this is probably the first time that this area has ever seen this situation. Mm-hmm. And we we always had a housing surplus here, dating back to when the copper mines started closing down and people started moving downstate to Detroit and Chicago mm-hmm. to take uh, assembly line jobs mm-hmm. there. We had vacant houses sitting around here for a couple generations. Well, I think so much of it, too, is the quality of life. You know, people recognize the quality of life, and that's something we've come to embrace. And I think that's very much a factor. So how do we go about, you know, from your aspect as a, a realtor, how do we go about trying to create a little bit more housing? Are we looking at uh, trying to, to prompt our builders to do uh, some well, more? I think that some... probably is something in the minds of, of the contractors, and I'm sure they are wherever they can and whenever they can. Everybody is so busy also that it's not always easy to take on a major project like that. So I'm sure that's a thought process in everyone's mind. Yeah, I one thing that I noticed when I moved up here downstate we had a lot of spec homes and a spec home for those who aren't familiar is a contractor goes out builds a house uh, a nice house without a buyer in mind and when it gets done he puts it on the market and then a buyer comes in and and buys it it's a spec spec short for speculation right Uh, i don't see much of that here no that's a major investment and a major decision for a contractor so it's something they have to be very comfortable with Uh, the one advantage we do have here uh, is that we have land we have a lot of land. Yes, we do. And so it's easy for us to move forward, even on, in, on an individual basis. So how has this affected the rental market? Rental market is very, very tight. Very, very tight, yes. And Rates that drives are, prices up. It does. And the We've been told and, and have observed in many cases where the monthly rental rates have extremely uh, increased. So it, it's very difficult for those looking for rentals as well. Yeah, I'm hearing from some of our manufacturers, some of our major employers in the area, that this is becoming a problem now. They are trying to hire people. Right. The, mm-hmm. what, what they're paying would have supported an apartment mm-hmm. or a small home five years ago. And now it's not. That's correct. Yes, it's very difficult. And uh, we find a lot more interest also in revenue properties. So if uh, people have an option that could be converted to a rental property or a multifamily occupancy, if the zoning permits, that's being considered as well. How much has Airbnb and and, uh, opportunities like that affected this? I know there are people who are buying houses who Mm -hmm. are using them as short-term rentals. Right. That's a very common uh, buyer as well, looking for the revenue property, the vacation rental. Uh, We have to be a bit careful with that to make sure that the area that they're wanting to purchase a property for that purpose is permitting it, because sometimes there are some restrictions that are being placed, and and so everyone needs to be aware of that. Yeah, there are... uh, The city of Hancock recently passed some uh, ordinances dealing with that, and there are some conversations ongoing as to whether fees should be paid to municipalities. Um, I was in a conversation with somebody the other day noting that at this point, uh, I don't think the Convention and Visitors Bureau gets anything off of those as they do with hotel rooms and motel rooms. So Mm -hmm. to talk about perhaps expanding Mm -hmm. the visitor tax 
to some of those. So right. there it's, may it's be It's an some... entirely new process, and everybody is really studying it very carefully, and you'll find different results in different communities as they develop this. So eventually we'll get to a fairly common um, formula, shall we say. Rental property at this point, is it a, a good investment? Excellent investment. Yes, absolutely excellent. So mm-hmm. the rents are covering the monthly mm-hmm. payments? and uh... it's, it's a good opportunity to, to make a, a fair amount of money in, with your investment. If I'm looking at uh, making a purchase, uh, maybe a single-family home, what things do I have to be aware of as I look at that home? Because there are rules and regulations, mm-hmm. at least in some places, that I have to obey. Zoning. Zoning is the most important thing that you have to research very carefully to make sure that it can be permitted for multiple occupancy or the type of uh, rental that you're looking at. So. So it's you're gonna, you're going to want to go to your your township, your township or yes, your city mm-hmm. or your village mm-hmm. and find out what or their your code is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, your realtor right. certainly can, can help, help you. With you that as well. Can mm-hmm. help you with that, but there are mm-hmm. everybody seems to have different rules. They do. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and, and you have so, to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we stand with commercial real estate at this point? Are we seeing? Uh, the same kind of shortages there? I would say that's safe to say, yes, we don't. If you uh, look at the uh, opportunities for investment in commercial real estate throughout the four county areas, it's very limited as well. So how do we look then going forward? Obviously, at this time of year, listings do tend to be low. This is the point where people are saying, oh, gosh, I can see the shingles on my roof again. I can see the yard. Maybe now it's time to uh, to, to go ahead and, and sell the property right. and, and put it on the market. Do we expect to see a few more listings come up within the next few weeks, perhaps? Yes, yes, we do. I think that would be the normal pattern, and I think we'll experience that over the next few weeks. There should be uh, new opportunities, so everyone needs to watch carefully. I don't think it makes much difference in the commercial opportunities that no, will be out there. No, but, but, but certainly, certainly residential. residential and rental and revenue properties. Absolutely. Well, and it's challenging to do a residential sale here in the winter because most buyers would want a home inspection. If there's 18 inches of snow on that roof, it's really hard to tell what right. kind of shape those shingles are in. Exactly. And that's why we traditionally have not started our market until April and May, typically for each season. So uh, this year is um, pretty much holding true to that as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully we're going to have a few more listings come out on the market. Yes, and, and I think uh, you need to watch carefully and do expect them, yes. And right now, if you are thinking about buying this would be the time to see your real estate professional right. and get yourself financially pre, uh, pre-qualified and get in place because as those listings hit the market, uh, I've been watching the market and I know that you, mm-hmm. you, know, you live it every day. Uh, it doesn't take long. No, that's right. And I will mention that um, in, in my own personal experience from what I'm working with this year as far as um, sellers are concerned, May 1 seems to be the magical date. So uh, we're not very far from that. As we, as we broadcast <laughs> right. this on Sunday morning, that would, that would be, be right tomorrow. There. Right there. <laughs> so, so get moving on it because home ownership is still the American dream. Oh, it is, absolutely. And, and it's an investment and you're, you're gaining on your investment all the time. You're not literally throwing money away. It's, it's yours. You're, you're seeing some appreciation yeah, absolutely. Every, every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is the single biggest investment that most people make. It is, yes. Most important and yes, most significant. Absolutely. Although you you sometimes can't think of it as an investment. It's nice that it is an investment, but first and foremost, it's your place to live. Exactly. Again, getting back to the quality of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and getting back to the improvement projects. Mm -hmm. You know, if your kitchen isn't uh, up to snuff and you don't like your kitchen, 
You can do something about it. Go ahead and Mm -hmm. fix your kitchen. Right. You don't have to necessarily sit back and look at it and say, okay, it's going to cost me $15,000 to do the kitchen. It's going to add $8,000 to the property. No, I won't do it. Mm -hmm. If you want a nice kitchen, get yourself a kitchen. Right. And I think that's a good point because you should enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Floor coverings, all of those Mm things. it's what Maintain you your standards, want. yes, absolutely. Maintain your standards at the highest level that you can possibly be comfortable with. Although there are a few things that I recommend. Don't put in the olive green uh, tub, <laughs> the Harvest Gold appliances. <laughs> oh, yes, we're still dealing with some of that. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. I, I, I look at your listings. Mm-hmm. I, I look at your listings, and I look at it, oh, man. Yeah, there were some periods of decor that were not exactly as appealing as we'd that like to. I could go into the Smithsonian as a demonstration of <laughs> 1970s pop. Mm-hmm. pop Stands out. Culture. Everyone knows the period immediately when they see the colors. Yeah, so they do. Mm-hmm. Um, our housing stock tends to be older. Do many... Houses, if somebody buys them, do many of them need some kind of repairs? Well, it's not uncommon, certainly. Not necessarily major repairs. And again, it's a matter of uh, preference. You know, some things can be a, a matter of choice. But uh, typically, the major renovations uh, are are maintained by most people. The roof and the furnaces and the uh, general condition of the walls and ceilings and floor coverings. We have a lot of hardwood floors, for example, in homes. Yeah. So those are timeless. So it, uh, it just, uh, it, it's, it's a generally a good standard that we find in homes. What if I want to take on a project? I see a home and they say, well, it's been gutted down to the studs and now it's up for sale. Is that something that I can do uh, financially well with? Uh, you can, yes, if you're particularly if you can do the work yourself. You know, it's all about time and money. How do I finance that? Uh, there are loans called construction loans. Okay, so construction loans are available mm-hmm. for that kind of Correct, thing. Correct, so, yes. Uh-huh. So, so again, the uh, the market's about to open up, basically. It is, yes. Watch, watch the calendar. For real estate, mm-hmm. if you're a seller right now, they need your home on the market. Absolutely. If you're a buyer, you'll want to get ready and prepared because homes are going to start popping out. Absolutely. And this is the time to do it. It's and the so, time to enjoy the beauty of the Copper Country and plan to be here for a very long time. Well, we hope that everybody mm-hmm. plans right. to be here a long time <laughs> exactly. and hope that works out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Karen Lotti from Remax Douglas. Thank you so much for your insights. My pleasure. Thank and you for we having wish me. a we wish a good season to all of our real estate professionals. Yes, we do.